0: This is Gene Lance on the Workers' Beat Extra. It's a historic moment in the Texas AFL-CIO because our secretary treasurer has been taken to serve in the Biden administration. She's going to join the Education Department of the Biden administration. This is a really big plus for Texas labor. But, on the other hand, none of us wants to lose Montserrat Garibay. At this little celebration, President Rick Levy hosts Montserrat to talk about her new job and what she's done in the Texas AFL-CIO. Well, good evening, everybody,
1: and welcome to Labor Live at Five. I'm your host, Rick Levy, and today... We have our former Secretary-Treasurer Montserrat Garbay, and so we're doing the best we can to have a chance to just say goodbye and good luck and congratulations and thank you and all the things that we feel about you and the amazing gifts that you left with the Texas FLCIO. So welcome tonight and look forward to getting to visit with you for a few minutes tonight.
2: For sure. Thank you, Rick, for having me in just, you know, it's bittersweet, but I'm excited about the beginning, the new beginnings. Definitely. So, uh, you know, just excited to say hi to everybody.
1: So why don't we start at the beginning or start at the end? Tell us, like, what exactly are
2: you going to be doing? Yes. So I'm the senior advisor for labor relations with the Department of Education. And what that means is that I'm going to be the liaison between the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association and Dr. Cardona, the secretary of education. So I'm going to utilize all the skills that I have learned for the past 16 years as a teacher, with Education Austin, representing union members. And of course with the FL CIO, I'll, I'll have the opportunity to utilize all those skills in this new, new role.
1: It's such a tribute, Montserrat, that that President Biden would reach down to Texas. And I see some of our folks are are organizing militias to keep the feds from coming and stealing you. But it is such a tribute to you, Montserrat, that they would recognize what you have to offer and the talents that you bring and reach all the way here to bring you up to do such an amazing, important job in in DC. That must feel kind of good.
2: It's very exciting, Rick. You know, I've always said that. I really found my voice with, with with the labor movement. And I really am hoping to take everything that I learned into having, you know, fighting for public education, for teachers, for bilingual education. And it's exciting. Yes, I, I mean, I'll be honest. It's, I'm still kind of like pinching myself. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's unbelievable that, yeah, that this is, this is taking place.
1: So one of the things that I think is so amazing about it is just having gotten to know you over the last few years and knowing what your story is as a person as a union activist as a teacher as an immigrant um, in this country and that this job would come that is basically it looks like it's tailor-made for you and what you bring i mean how your story and what you got from education in this country and now to have a chance to have an impact for other people can you talk a little bit about what that journey is like right now and given where you came from and where you're going.
2: Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. So, you know, I, I always have in mind my first day of school in at Marquison middle school here in Austin, 29 years ago when, you know, my mother, my sister and I arrived and I didn't speak a word of English, but I was, we were excited and hopeful to begin a new, a new life here. And I had an amazing teacher, Mrs. Hernandez, who, just opened the door for me and my sister and she really was the one that inspired me to become a teacher. And then of course I went to UT, graduated from UT and and then I became a teacher and the first thing I did was being a member of Education Austin. And throughout all my years of teaching just really learning the importance of organizing it and the importance of demanding what was right for the children but also for teachers. And I remember my when I filed my first grievance uh, who I, you know, I was really upset and really mad and I called Education Austin and they told me how to go about it and we won that ribbons and it was like all of the sudden this knowledge and this light of like oh so this is how you get stuff done and I fell in love with, with that with the opportunity of changing lives and changing what was not what was unjust uh, to make sure that teachers and classified employees were were treated with dignity and respect. And from that point on, I was like, I want to know more. I want to get more involved. And, you know, Educational Austin, because it is a merged Local, we're part of NEA and AFT. They reach out to me. They call me to go to different types of trainings. And I always said yes, Rick, because I wanted to know more. And I always wanted to build relationships with others. And I, it really opened the door for me to be more involved, but to be more vocal and to change and ho- hope, you know, help other, other educators and classify employees in the union.
1: Yeah, and so now that's like your whole job.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: yes, indeed. And so, so, um, like, will there be any difference between the work that you do at the Department of Education and, like, for example, what Betsy DeVos was doing when she was the Department of Education Secretary? I mean, do you see any departures and how you think things might run up there?
2: You know, I think things are going to be very different, and we really are going to listen to the experts who are the teachers and the principals and the educators and the families that know exactly what is good for public education. And I'm excited to be able to advocate for that and to really listen. You know, I, I, you, you and I always joke around. Let
1: would say, <laughs> two ears and one mouth. I've been paying attention. Thank you.
2: Thank you. That's right. You. That's right. And that's going to be my job, right? Really listen, take all the information that we gather from the different unions to Dr. Cardona, the Secretary of Education. So I'm excited to do that. And I'm excited to be able to really, to really go back to reclaiming the promise of public education. Because public education personally gave me, opened the doors for me to, to be who I am but also really taught me the importance of democracy and the importance of being critical and analytical and asking all types of questions. And that is exactly what our public schools need right now. We need an educated student force where they can say, but why this, why that? And then be agents of change within these, these. That's exactly what we need right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I saw last night and we were talking this morning about President Biden and his vision and how he is putting workers at the center of all these things, including, I mean, reaching and having somebody like you be like a senior person at the Department of Education is is just such a positive thing about the president and his talk about how important it is that workers have the right to join unions and how important unions are to rebuilding this country. And Just everything we see out of this administration is putting workers in the middle of it, including you going there to represent us. So that must feel pretty good.
2: And I'm just really uh, looking forward to working and rolling up my sleeves and getting to work. All
1: right. So we're talking about the future. That's great. But part of what we wanted to do was just take a stroll down memory lane a little bit and remember some of the things that that we've done together while you're here.
2: Well, you know, I remember... First of all, just uh, meeting all the different unions and really learning like with the building trades and the plumbers and the seafarers, all the stuff that they really do. Right. And, you know, being my first my first year, just being like, wow, all this wonderful stuff, it's happening. And how do we highlight it? How do we let the world know that the the labor movement in Texas is growing and the labor movement in Texas is really changing Uh, the lives of our communities. So getting to know people and really going to visit, like from Odessa, all the way to Belmont, to El Paso, to Corpus. Uh, And yes, even though we're in different places, we all hold this beautiful value of solidarity. And, you know, that to me has been one of the most exciting and really things that I take to heart because... These are these union members are my sisters and brothers, and they have been so ni- nice in opening the doors to, to to my story, but also have really utilized.
0: This is Jean Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. We're listening to a farewell tribute to Montserrat Garabai, the much-loved Secretary-Treasurer of the Texas AFL-CIO, because she has been taken up, by the Biden administration and is going to live in Washington. Monserrat is being interviewed by President Rick Levy. Right.
1: Yeah, it was, as I, as I said, It's it was really unfair to ask you to do this job, you know, coming from a local union in Austin and not having worked much statewide. And when you look at all that you've accomplished over the last three years, it's amazing. And I wonder, like, as you look at some of the work that was done, what is some of the work that's really going to, that you feel really proud of as you move on to your next stage?
2: So I think that the work that I did with the Women's Committee that we all did in passing the resolutions for women's health in really uplifting the stories of the amazing women in our labor movement that many times are not recognized. To me, that is something that I would take greatly into my heart, Having organizing the first summit at the Texas AFL-CIO for the women uh, was really exciting. Uh, working with the Ruth Ellinger Fellows, that's something that I truly love. And I just watching them from the very first class till they graduated and to see how they, their leadership is growing. And some of them are running to be in their central labor councils, officers in their unions, some of them even running for city council. That to me is something that is so exciting. And there's just, of course, doing the labor barbecue. Uh, days and doing civil disobedience and just really showing up in the picket lines with my brothers from steel workers. How do I best utilize my skills to make sure that our children who are the future of our country have the best education possible?
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Get ready, Washington, because she's coming. So, I'll say, like I've had a number of people ask me questions about when you're leaving and concerned that some of the programs and some of the initiatives that you were kind of leading in in your work at the Texas FLCI are concerned that that they continue and so do you have a like what's your sense of whether the things that you've kind of sparked into being are going to continue and what are what do you what do you what is your message to folks who have that concern
2: you know I think I'm only one person in one of the things that I I am very sure that they're gonna keep on going, like the citizenship campaign. We have a wonderful, uh, Jesus Perales has run with it, has learned so much and has engaged so many of the members that this work is gonna keep going. The racial justice task force. Yes, we started a little bit and then you have a wonderful committee who are running with a a lot of ideas and hopefully they're gonna be sharing those ideas during convention. I, I tell you something that one of the reasons that that i'm okay and that i I am hopeful that the work is going to keep going is that when someone is in a leadership position you must grow others to take the lead and i feel that you and i have done that in different in the different communities that we have started and now it's it's the time that they get to run with the knowledge that they have with your support And these initiatives have to keep on going because this is what the labor movement is about, right? That's something that we don't have a choice of saying, that's it, you know, I'm not going to do anymore. No, we have to challenge each other and commit ourselves to keep the work going. Not for me, but for everybody and the generations to come.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's a real test, you know, because I think that the... I think any good organizer, their main job is to make themselves irrelevant, right? By making sure that the work is done by the people who are, who are most affected and to give people the opportunity to do that. And so now, if the Women's Committee is important and uh, has established some cool things, then the Women's Committee will step up and make sure that the work continues. And the same thing with the citizenship, you know, and that hopefully... We've done our work such that people feel ownership and feel ready to take that and run with it. But it's not anything that you could do on your own and certainly not anything I could do, but hopefully by creating the space, if these projects are important and these campaigns are important, then people will step up and make sure they get done and we'll support them any way they can do it.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure they will. I mean, come on, the ladies, I know, I know. I'm sure they're going to go for it. And all the other different campaigns as well. We we yeah. have too much work to do, but we also have really amazing leaders who are willing to step up. And they just need to be tapped into, right? right? And that's something that I really took into one of my duties, to see the different members and to tap into them and to build those relationships with them and to ask them. And I, I know they, they're probably gonna be like, okay, no more texts and calls from Monse, but, right. You know, that's what as organizers, that's what we do. We tap into the,
1: so Okay, get- so that, I see that Geronimo sent you a note in the chat about when you sent the masks down there and you know, for the members who lost their jobs and to be able to provide that kind of service to folks, that that's kind of special to think about.
2: Yes, yes, it is. You know, when the whole pandemic started, I I felt really powerless because we we were just stuck in, in at home, right? And there was that we didn't, we didn't know where to get masks, right? In one of the things that my mom, my sister and I, I was like, how hard could it be to make a mask? And all of a sudden we, we bought these sewing machines and the three of us learned how to sew and we made over 2000 masks. And you know, I, I, I started sending them to our unit. the
1: name of the company.
2: MCJ Productions mask. And, you know, to me, that was something that I was doing with my hands. And I was sharing with the people, my brothers and sisters. So I I was very, I felt like I was doing something with love and care for the people that I love.
1: And that's so much of the work that you did, Montse, was just taking your own hard, your hard work, your personal work, and sharing it with other people and lifting them up. So that's, I think that's the thing that I'll be most remembering of of your time here. And I, I guess I wonder, you know, since, since it's you that's moving to another place, I guess you get the last word about what you want to say.
2: You have been an amazing friend, an amazing partner, and you have used your wide privilege to uplift people like me, people that sometimes don't feel that they're welcome in the labor movement. And that is something that a... A leader does, and you have been a, a wonderful example of really doing that and taking sometimes a chance. But I hope that that my work really show my appreciation for for the work that uh, I you asked me to do. To all the members, I am deeply grateful for each and every one of you, your stories make have made me a better advocate, uh, a better fighter for the working people of Texas. And I will take every one of your stories with me to, to DC and I will fight like hell to make sure that we have a good public education for all the children and the educators as well. And I don't say goodbye, I say, Hasta la vista, hasta pronto. This is just for a few years, right? But I'm coming back to Texas because we have to make sure that that we change Texas blue and it might take a little longer. But I think one of the things that I really want to share with everybody is to make sure that roll up your sleeves, people, register people to vote. Because all throughout history, when you read, when you read the books from John Lewis, from all the different activists, they did massive voter registrations throughout throughout their whole communities. And that's how you get people to change. That's how you get people to vote. Even people that, are, that don't have documents, if they are able to share their stories and to embrace the importance of voting, we can do it. We can be. We, we are, we can make big changes by doing that. So to everyone, to all the members, get to work. We have a lot to do. Uh, and I I love you all. And I can't wait to see all the beautiful and amazing things y'all are going to do. And I'll be behind cheering. And when I'm back, uh, I'm going to work really hard as well. But for now, is hasta pronto. I love you all, and thank you for, for all um, your love and kindness in my, in my two years.
1: I'll say I lied actually, because I said you had the last word, but now I have to say something after hearing that. And that is that like one of the joys for me was getting to work with you every day and seeing number one, how hard you worked, how hard you worked. Y'all that don't see her every day know don't know the hours and hours and no detail too small and no job too big for Montserrat to undertake it. And the vision and the courage that you brought to your work, Monserrat, stepping into places where people were not used to seeing somebody like you and seeing the strength and the power of your personhood and what you brought and that you would not be denied to get the work done. And your constant focus on what's good for the community and for justice for all people and how that informed everything you did. And what was really gratifying to me was as you started to tell people that you were going to be leaving, just to see people's reactions and how clear it was that you've touched so many people and how people saw themselves in you and in being a leader in a way that they never would have had you not undertaken this challenge and done it and the love that people have for you and what you brought to it and just getting to be a spectator and getting to just see that was one of the real joys of of my work and so i just want to thank you for that i think there's one question though that i think that a lot of people have had concerned about and that is that you know in your new position i think that they're putting some limits on your ability to be on twitter and how (laughs) And you've always said that if it's not on Twitter, it didn't happen. So how will we know if something happens now? And are you gonna be okay? Do you need support to like you know work through a Twitterless universe?
2: Well, you know, it's it's gonna be different. It's gonna be because you know, there's only so much I can say. Right. But do know that, you know, you 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 you, you follow me, okay? <laughs> um
1: we'll figure yeah, it out huh
2: we'll figure it out yes okay. i'm on instagram and you know we'll, <laughs> okay. we, you know it, okay. it, well the work will keep going okay uh, and maybe i know i always say if it's not on twitter it didn't happen right but it's you know it's a working process really. it's a, <laughs> you
0: know?
1: okay well Montserrat. Just love you so much. And I'm so proud of you and just cannot wait to see the next chapter. I know that as you go, that the love of literally thousands of people will be the wind at your back as you undertake this next challenge. So, you know, come see us sometime. And anytime you want to come on Labor Live at five, you just have the secretary call me and we'll see if we can work something out. But in the meantime, just have a great time. Good luck and know that we love you.
2: Thank you, Rick. Thank you, and thank you to the staff of the Texas AFL-CIO. Much love and respect to everyone there. I love them, and I'm gonna miss you.
1: All right. All right, well, that's that's another edition in the books of The Labor Live at Five. Montse, thank you so much. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll uh, see you next week. Take care.
0: This is Jean Lance on the Worker's Beat Extra. We've been listening to Montserrat Carabay and her farewell interview with Texas AFL CIO president Rick Levy.